Hello from New York, or at least one one of us from New York. Welcome back to the Desert Shift Podcast. I'm Chase Beersley, along with Tyler Cass. Tyler, you're in New York. Yes. First off, I'm going to ask you the age-old question. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's actually uh, nice here in New York. I mean, not like nice, but uh, not like Arizona weather. But, you know, March in New York, uh, relatively nice after that. You know, I can confirm that it was actually kind of sunny yesterday. It was, you know, in the 70s in Arizona, first time in like forever. So you're missing out. <laughs> but uh, as you can tell that we're on Zoom, spring break, baby. I go to Mexico tomorrow. Tyler's in New York. So, you know, we, we of course, we had to record a podcast <laughs> before before uh, we, we get all of our spring break uh, started. But also, I mean, trade deadline just happened. We're going to talk about each team. We're going to grade each team. We're going to go through what they received, what they traded. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to hear, I mean, the experts talk here, you know, the NHL insiders over here, me and Tyler. But um, you know what? It's going to be a long process. So I'm going to hop right into it. Tyler, are you ready? Yep. Let's do this. All right, let's get started. Here we go. 2023 trade deadline. We'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. What they received, Brock McGinn, Andre Suster, Scott Harrington, a 2024 third-round pick, and a 2025 fourth-round pick. What they traded, John Klingberg, Dmitry Kulikov. The rebuild is continuing. Tyler, your thoughts on the Ducks? Um, I'll probably give their whole trade deadline like a D. Out of all of the... I guess rebuilding teams, it feels like they got the least, you know. I mean, they got rid of uh, two pending UFAs, so at least they got something back for them. But nobody's like a game changer. Nobody's going to be like important for their future. And uh, just out of, if you're a rebuilding team, I feel like they should have gotten maybe a little bit more. The best thing that they got was a third round pick, and that's not even this draft, it's 2024. So I uh, wasn't a big fan of their deadline. Still think they had a few UFAs they could have traded. But, I mean, at least they got something back for the two that they did trade. Yeah, I'm surprised they uh, even got that much out of Klingberg because, as we know, Klingberg has really struggled in Anaheim. I'm surprised they didn't try to re-sign him for another one-year deal at a cheaper cap hit because, once again, like, he has not been playing great this season. I'm also surprised Kevin Shattenkirk is still here. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign him to a one-year deal, cheaper deal, and then they flip him in the next trade deadline. Also, very confused why um, John Gibson is still here. He is winning you games now, and that is not what you want if you want to become the ultimate tank, and that's what the Ducks want to do. I don't like what they got for John Klingberg, obviously. I think they could have gotten more if they flipped him on a cheaper cap hit. I know that wastes another year, but it's better than getting, you know, whatever they got, which is Andre Suster and a fourth-round pick. Dmitry Kulikov, you know, a third-round pick, that's that's kind of good asset management right there. It's around the same value, maybe more, that you got from Minnesota in the offseason for him. So I like that deal. 
overall though, I'm going to give them D2. I, I just, I'm, I want them to get more, obviously, if, uh, if I'm a Ducks fan, especially with that, uh, not really a lot coming back in. I mean, Brock McGinn is nothing special, but a bottom six forward. So, so is Andre Suster, Scott Harrington, a good defense, um, for like the bottom six, but beyond that, you got two picks and they're not even high picks. So moving on from a rebuilder that didn't get a lot to a rebuilder that fills up half a page, the Arizona Coyotes. What they got is Connor Mackey, the contract of Shea Weber, Michael Kesslering, who played in his in his uh, Arizona Coyotes debut yesterday. We got Jakub Voracek, Brett Ritchie, 2023 third-round pick, a 2023 sixth-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick conditional, a 2024 second-round pick that's conditional, a 2026 second-round pick, a 2026 third-round pick, a 2025 third round pick that's conditional in a 2023 fifth round pick traded out of Arizona. Here we go. Yeah. Or sorry, Jacob Chickering, Shane Gossespierre, Dyson Mayo, Troy Stetcher, Nick Bugstad, Nick Ritchie, and the Arizona Coyotes legend, Patrick Kane. Your thoughts on the Coyotes trade deadline? Um, I'm debating between an A minus and a B plus. I mean, the only reason I would, throw them in the B is because um, I feel like they got an underwhelming return for a few of these guys but uh, I think I'll stick with the, the A minus because a rebuilding team and they did exactly what they needed to do they cleaned house of all of their pending UFAs they got a they got a first round pick back a few seconds back you know uh, they took on some bad contracts to get to the cap floor and I mean this is what you do if you're uh, a rebuilding team you know you clean out the the UFAs to get stuff in return you know towards the end of the season all the prospects will come over play a few games and then get some chemistry for next year hopefully and the future so uh, I really like what Arizona did like I said I think some of the returns were underwhelming which we've talked about in the past you know they didn't get a ton for Goss's Bear and especially like Bukestad who were both having really good years didn't get as much as we thought for Chikrin but I mean still still a good job you know just getting assets yeah I mean I want to talk about the uh the uh, Richie trade real quick uh, that was the long stature for Connor Mackey and the other Richie. I think Connor Mackey is a great addition, really good prospect. Saw him with the Stockton heat last season. He was good in their little playoff run. Um, I mean, we talked about a little bit about some of these death forwards being dealt by the coyotes, like uh, Richie, like stature. I said, they probably would move on from them. I don't know if you said differently. I forgot. <laughs> But I I was like, man, the Coyotes should clear house, get rid of any UFAs, and that's exactly what they did. I'm going to give them an A. I like what they got uh, for most of these guys. I agree the Chickering trade was a little underwhelming, but the original price, I don't know if anyone was going to do it. I know there are teams desperate out there. Like, we'll talk about Tampa later and what they paid for Janot. But, I mean, at the same time, you have to understand that a first-round pick this year – could be great i mean ottawa is on the fringe of making the playoffs even if they don't if even if they do make the playoffs they're probably going to be a, a first round exit maybe i mean crossing my fingers for ottawa fans but i'm gonna give them an a I, I like all the picks they got i like uh connor mackey uh i like that they cleared space for players that are going to come over from the ncaa from juniors so like Probably Josh Stone is going to get a look at the team. Uh, who knows? Logan Cooley might see a glimpse of the team. 
depends on who they want and invite over. But I, I really like uh, what the Coyotes did here. Moving on to our first uh, contender, some say they had the best trade deadline this season. It's the Boston Bruins. They got Tyler Bertuzzi, Shane Bowers, Dmitry Orlov, and Garnet Hathaway. Going out of Boston, shipping out of Boston, Craig Smith, Keith Kincaid, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, a 2023 fifth-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2025 fourth-round pick. They've also signed Zaka and Pasternak to extensions over this period of time. Your thoughts on the Bruins taking care of business? Uh, I think you got to give them an A+. Plus. They're just the best team that just got better. I mean, this team is going to be tough to play in the playoffs. I mean, Bertuzzi uh, was great in Detroit a few years ago. I mean, I don't think he's been as good this year, but once you go to a team like Boston, your offense can just pick up automatically. Orlov has been insane since he got to Boston on a scoring tear right now. And Hathaway's just great depth. And they really didn't lose too much. I mean, two first-round picks is is – a big deal but when you're especially this year when boston's like so good you know that first round pick which is probably being in the late 20s you know you're not like losing sleep over giving that up even if it's a, a really good draft so i i just think they didn't really give away anything important mm-hmm. like roster wise and they what they got back just really pushed them over the top yeah i agree with you i gotta give them a plus i mean having a team with Marshawn on it and then you're adding halfway and bertuzzi two of the NHL's biggest uh, uh, grinders. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's impressive. I mean, Boston is going to be a hard-hitting physical team to play against. I'm really interested to see what they do in the playoffs. I know we were discussing maybe they could be a first-round exit. I think this kind of solidifies that. I'm now more, like, uh, concrete about Boston – probably advancing past the first round i think those are excellent additions and i mean you're going all in because marsh or sorry uh bergeron might be gone after the season who knows what's up with uh, david crecci um i like how they lock down pasta that's awesome uh fair cap hit as well zaka i mean good re resign keep your death around but i'm gonna give them an a2 i like what they did I like how they didn't give up any roster players. You don't change that chemistry, especially if a team that is currently on pace to be one of the best NHL teams of all time. Um, Moving on, Buffalo, you know, they're close to the playoffs and they decided to do a little bit of both. Jordan Greenway, Riley Stillman, a 2025 seven from pick going Buffalo's way. Anders Bjork, Rasmus Asplund, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 fifth round pick shipped out of Buffalo and Dylan Cousins signed to extension your thoughts on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I, I think they did a solid job. I'll give them like a, a C because, you know, and they weren't really ready to, to buy, like they didn't really have a, a definite position because you know, they're close to the playoffs. They're not guaranteed to make it, but uh, they probably aren't like ready yet to go on a run. So I don't think this was the year for them to go on a big buying spree. But it also wasn't like a year for them to sell a bunch. So, you know, they they sold a, a couple of guys that didn't really play anymore, didn't have a spot on the team, got back a good physical forward in Greenway and didn't give up too much. I mean, the 2023 second is is a little bit hefty, but I don't think it's the biggest deal to them, especially because they have a few seconds from uh, 
uh, the whole trade a few years ago and just pass trace because they've been sellers so much the past few years. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B minus. I like the addition of Greenway. I think he's going to be a solid addition for Buffalo. Other than that, not much. I do like the extension of Dylan Cousins locking down your core once again. Buffalo has had issues with that in the past, finding people who want to stay there. And now Cousins signs an extension. I think that alone deserves a B minus for Buffalo. Um, yeah, I like, I mean, they didn't do a lot, but I like the addition of Greenway. Moving on to Calgary, who knows what they are right now. Uh, they get Troy Stetcher, Nick Ritchie, and Dryden Hunt. Going out of Calgary is Brett Ritchie and Connor Mackey. Your thoughts on Calgary? Um, I uh, uh, I feel like Stetcher and both Ritchies and Mackey. I feel like they're all kind of like similar. If that makes sense. Like they're they're all like nothing special, just just depth. And uh, I feel like, um, you know, Calgary they didn't really know what to do because they're kind of like falling out of the playoff spot a little bit right now. I mean, they wanted to buy, but I mean, if you're not guaranteed to make it, it's kind of hard to give up like that first round pick in those, in those top prospects. And so I'll give them, I'm going to give them a C just because, you know, you got two depth guys, Stetcher and Richie aren't going to hurt you at all. But uh, I mean, uh, they really didn't have a great deadline, but it was kind of hard for them to do that if they didn't have a direction of where the team's going. So I'm going to hand them a solid D. Um, I don't like what they did. I think Connor Mackey is a good good young uh, player that they should have kept. He was great in Stockton, as I mentioned. I don't think adding depth right now, especially depth that's on expiring contracts, is the way Calgary should go right now. I think, uh, like I said in my season predictions on my article, um, that Calgary needs to develop time with this core. And you can't just completely change your team without expecting some time to change with it. I don't think Daryl Sutter is a good coach uh, right now. And I just don't like what they did. I think they should have uh, sold off some of their expiring deals to get some picks in this draft and then regroup next season and start making the playoffs because it's obvious they're not going to make the playoffs this season. They're falling out. Um, and I don't believe in their team. So I'm going to give them a D. Going on to a very dominant team this year from the Carolina Hurricanes, going into rally is Jesse Pugliarvi and Shane Gossespierre. Getting traded out is just a 2026 third round pick. Your thoughts on the Carolina Hurricanes trade deadline? Uh, I like their trade deadline. I just, I feel like they didn't do enough. They got two solid players in Pugliarvi and Gossespierre. But just every other team in in the Metro that's contending, just I feel like they landed a big fish, and the Hurricanes didn't really land like anybody huge. They landed two guys who will help them, but uh, I'll give them a, a a B plus because you know they did get two players and they didn't give up really anything, just a, a third round pick and then uh, like an AHL guy. I mean, uh, I really like Austin Fair. He'll help their decor a lot. Um, Pulyarvi will probably fit in nice there. But I feel like every other team just landed a big fish in Carolina. Just, you know, they were kind of expecting to, and they just didn't land, like, anybody that big. Yeah, I'm going to give them B plus two. I hear what you say, but I really like Carolina's team uh, that they had before the trade deadline. I like them even more now. I think they were the best team in the Metro, perhaps in the East, maybe besides Boston, before the trade deadline. And now I still believe that they're one of the best teams in the East. Jesse Pugliarvi might be a steal 
depending on how he works out. We'll see. Gossespair, I mean, he's already got his first goal, I believe, as a Car- as a Carolina Hurricane, um, which I saw at Mullet. Uh, that was great. Um, he's going to be a great addition to their already stacked defense. And the fact that they didn't give up anything except a third-round pick from fl- uh, three years from now, I think that's impressive. So I'm going, I'm actually going to bump him up to A minus because again, these are two good players that they basically got for an AHL guy and a pick three years from now. So I think it's a great, great addition for Carolina. Uh, so going on to another rebuilder, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. Showtime is officially over. Coming into Chicago. Anton Hudobin, a 2025 second round pick, a 2023 second round pick that's conditional, a 2025 fourth round pick. Anders Bjork, a 2025 first round pick that's conditional, a 2026 second round pick. Nikia Zaitsev, a 2023 second round pick and a 2026 fourth round pick. Going out the other way. It's a tough one for Chicago fans. Pasher Kane, but you also have Max Domi. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Jack Johnson, a 2024 fifth-round pick conditional and a 2025 fifth-round pick conditional. Just want a quick note. When I, I'm not going to read off any of the conditions, so I'm just going to keep on saying conditional. But your thoughts on the Hawks? I mean, you live in A. I really liked what they did just because of everything that they got back. They got back four second-round picks and a first. Perfect for them, a team that's rebuilding. And, I mean, they sold off their – Pending UFAs. The only one that wasn't was McCabe. He had a uh, one year left after this. But I mean, it's it's, it's tough to be a rebuilding team. You got to say goodbye to those, you know, long time uh, greats for you because, you know, they, they have value and they'll get you a return. But uh, I love what Chicago did. Uh, just perfect for them. It's a rebuilding team. And just getting back all those draft picks is just what they need to do. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give them an A. Um, I like what the Hawks did. They're gaining future assets, which they had basically none before. Shout out Stan Bowman. Um, and they're selling off all these pieces that maybe some other GMs would be scared to do. Like, I'm sure GMs would be scared to trade Patrick Kane, but they did it. He's meant a lot for Chicago. He's going to retire one day as a Blackhawk, even if it's just for a day. I like what the Hawks did. I I'm going to give him an A. I like it. Um, but moving on to the Avs, the Colorado Avalanche. Coming into the Rocky Mountains is Keith Kincaid, Lars Eller, Jack Johnson, Matt Nieto, and Ryan Merkley. Going out the other way, a 2025 second-round pick, Shane Bowers, Martin Callett, and Jacob McDonald. Um, uh, I know this one's kind of tough because they, they didn't really get – uh, anyone big back, but I feel like Colorado's big deadline acquisition will be getting Landis Cog back off IR in a little bit. Um, I'll give them a, a B because, you know, they shored up their center depth getting Eller. Uh, they got some great depth pieces uh, with Nieto and, I mean, Johnson, who I don't think will play a ton of the playoffs, still a great presence in that locker room. They really didn't give up anything. They gave uh, a few AHL players and a second. That's not till 2025. Um, I think Colorado did solid getting depth but i do think that their their big i guess trade deadline acquisition will just be getting their players back from ir especially landis guys yeah i agree with you i think they already have a stacked team as it is when everyone's healthy and adding Lars Eller kind of reminds me that they are cherry like an acquisition good depth forward that helps you a lot in the playoffs i really like the addition of ryan markley that could be a sneaky addition if everything pans out well for him 
Um, and then going out the other way, I would say the biggest piece there is Martin Cal. He could blow up into something, but that's that could be. Um, and then, I mean, a 2025 second round pick, that's two years in the future. I think I like what I did. Uh, I like what the Avs did, especially adding a familiar locker room champion presence in the legend Jack Johnson. Um, I'm going to give him a B as well. I, I like what they did. Uh, but moving on to another rebuilder, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Coming in to Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Hutchinson, Lane Peterson, a 2025 seventh round pick, a 2023 first round pick, conditional, uh, 2024 third round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick. I should also mention Jonathan Quick did also make a pit stop in Columbus, but going out the other way is Jonathan Quick. Uh, also getting traded is Gustav Nyquist, Jonas Corposalo, Vlaslav Gavrikov, Jakob Voracek, and 2023 sixth round pick. Your thoughts on the Jackets? Um, I, the Jackets are a team that they're they're bad now, but I could I could see them even competing for playoff spot next year. So you're kind of in this tough position where you, know, you have some UFAs that uh, you trade, but also you want to keep some of these guys because, you know, they, they still have a solid team. They've just been riddled with injuries this year. Mm-hmm. So um, I like selling off their, their pending UFAs like Gavrikov. I think Corpus Hall is UFA, uh, but I, I like how they, they kept uh, most of their, their team around because uh, they're not, like, bad with uh, Line Gaudreau, Johnson, Sillinger, and especially a top five pick this year will help them be really good. And, you know, they got another first-round pick this year, and uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a B-plus because, you know, they sold off their UFAs, the guys that they needed to, to trade, but they mostly kept the team together, which I think was the most important thing for them. I'm going to give them a B-minus. I think they could have gotten more for Gavrikov and Corpusalo. They could have squeezed more out of L.A., um i like how they flipped quick i like uh how they got something out of him because we've mentioned he hasn't been that great um i like how they didn't give up too much to get rid of Borchek's contract uh just a six round pick um i i mean yeah they get in their first round pick that's important for a team like columbus so i'll give him a b minus um i also think they could have gotten a better return out of gustav nyquist uh even though he's injured the Dallas Stars had a little uh, trade deadline, not a big one, but they got some interesting pieces. Max Domi, uh, aka uh, uh, what's his name's uh, favorite player, uh, Mark Wahlberg's favorite player. Yeah. Domi. <laughs> um, and if, yeah, Evgeny Dadanov going to Dallas as well, getting shipped out is twenty twenty bubble legend Anton Hudobin, twenty twenty five second round pick, and Dennis Garyanov. Your thoughts on the stars? Um, I uh, I like it what they got. Domi and Dan, I mean, it just doesn't feel like enough. You know, the stars are on top of a West Western Conference right now that really isn't great. I think anybody could really come out of the West right now, and uh, I, I think that this should have been the year for all of the the Western teams that isn't like Colorado. You know, that maybe doesn't have a huge chance in the future to make a push to really go make a push. Mm-hmm. So, uh. To me, I would have, you know, gone all in. Domi and Denov aren't bad, but uh, I still – I think they should have gotten more. I'll give them a, a B-. minus. And getting rid of Kudoma's contract is, is solid. I know they've been wanting to do that for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with a C. I think they could have done more. I think this is the year to go all in if you're Dallas. At the same time, I like how they uh, didn't trade their uh, – well, they don't have a first-round pick this season, so – because they shipped it off to New York. Um, 
But I like how they didn't give up too many uh, 2023 draft assets because who knows what happens to them in the playoffs. But I still think they should have gone all in. I think they should have tried to acquire Patrick Kane. I know they were in the rumor mill for that. I like the acquisition of Max Domi. Um, the Dadanov trade could pay off in spades. I mean, both have goals already with their new clubs. We'll see. And I do like how they uh, trade Anton Hudobin's uh, contract because, as you mentioned, they've been trying to do that for a while. So as the assets they got, I would say they did really well. But I think they should have gone all in. I think this was the year to go all in. I don't know why they didn't go all in, but um, I do like the trade for Domi. I will say that. Um, Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings. At first, we thought they were going to do something. Then it flip-flopped after the losses to Ottawa. It flip-flopped all the time. We thought they were going to get JVR. What happened? But instead, what they get is a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2025 fourth-round pick, a 2023 fourth-round pick, a 2025 seventh-round pick, and Jasper Weatherby going the other way out the door of Detroit is Jakob Verona, Oscar Sundquist, Tyler Bertuzzi, Philip Peronik, 2023 fourth-round pick, and then they also took care of business with Dylan Larkin finally handing him an extension along with Jake Wallman. Your thoughts on the wings? I'm, I'm giving them an A just alone for that heroic trade. I don't really know what Vancouver was doing there. I think Detroit got it. It's a great return. You know, now they have another first-round pick in this upcoming draft for a team that's, you know, on the bubble for a playoffs. Getting two prospects like that will be huge for them. Also, the the extensions with Larkin and Wallman. I feel like sometimes the extensions get overlooked. But, you know, uh, the, those are still a big part of a, of a team, you know, extending your players, especially your captain with Larkin. I really like that move for them. And uh, everyone they gave up wasn't necessarily, like, huge for them. I mean, Bertuzzi was good for them for a while. But, I mean, he's been hurt a ton. Um, Verona, you know, hadn't played uh, much this season. Uh, you know, Heronik was good for them. But, you know, he got them a, a solid return. And Sunquist is a, a bottom or third-line guy. So, you know, you're not really losing sleep of the guys you gave up. And, you know, you're happy with the returns you got for them. So I really like this for Detroit. Uh, I think I gave them, I'll give them an A, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, the Phil Peronic trade out alone, that's such a steal for Detroit. I think that's such great asset management. I mean, especially if Ottawa loading up, Buffalo being a little, probably at this time a little bit better than Detroit, I think it was smart for Stevie to say, hey, look, we're not going to make it this season. Let's just – uh." you know, get as much assets as we can for our expiring contracts. Obviously, we have a lot of good players coming in the next couple of years. I like the addition of Weatherby. He could be a sneaky, good uh, bottom two uh, line guy. Um, I Again, that heroic trade is awesome for them. I like the uh, trade for Bertuzzi. They've been trying to trade him for, it seems like, for a while now. Finally goes to Boston. The Dylan Larkin extension is probably the best extension on here simply because of how much he means to Detroit. Jake Wallman extension. I mean, obviously he's had a great year. I should also, I don't know why I didn't write it, but Oli Mata, also a little guy extension. I thought that was an interesting extension. I don't think that was too bad either. So overall, I'm going to give him an A. I really like what they did here. My one complaint maybe would be Jakub Verona, like the whole relationship with him. 
that kind of sucks. But I mean, at least they got some picks out of it other than losing him on waivers for free. Going on to the oil, the oil drop up in the Edmonton, Alberta. Going to Edmonton, Nick Bugstad, Matthias Ekholm in the 2024 six-round pick. Getting shipped out of the oil drop is Jesse Pugliarvi, Tyson Berry, 2023 first-round pick and 2024 fourth-round pick, along with a 2023 third-round pick, and Michael Kesselring. Your thoughts on Edmonton? Uh, I'll give Edmonton a, a B- minus because they they got kind of what they needed, but I feel like they gave up a little much. Um, I mean, they desperately needed a defensive help on their blue line, and Echo brings that perfectly. They needed depth scoring and Bukestad, you know, definitely brings that he's having a great year. But I mean, giving up Barry uh, a first, a third uh, to get Echo, I feel like that's uh, a little bit much, especially because Barry, he's not the greatest investment in the world, but I mean, he's not like a, a scrub or anything. He's still a solid player. And uh, I mean, you lose Pugliarvi, who, you know, he wasn't really doing anything at Edmonton, so I don't think you're that mad about that. But, I mean, still, uh, another top five pick who, you know, they, they failed. I mean, you know, if Pugliarvi turned into to something, even, you know, just like a third or fourth liner who was getting you 40 points, I mean, uh, that's that's still better than what he is now. So, I don't hate what Edmonton did, but uh, I also think that they gave up a little much. But, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do to get who you want. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C plus. Um, I like the Nick Bukestad trade for them. I think that's a smart addition. I think Bukestad is a good player. Um, I think the, they paid a little bit too much for Ekholm. Barry is not the best defensively, but he's still probably worth a lot on a team like that. That, that is mainly defensive, but doesn't have a lot of offense on their blue line. So I think he alone could could have been flipped for at least a second or first rounder alone but you also you're also giving up a first round pick that's a lot to pay for Ekholm who has a pretty hefty uh deal I believe and he has two years left on his contract uh two after this yes and then I don't like the return for Jesse Pugliarvi even though it's only a AHL four and Pugliarvi wasn't playing good for you and he has a cap hit that's not the best I feel like they could have gotten more than just an AHL player. So I'm going to give them a C, C plus. Uh, next up, a, a team that didn't do anything, Florida. I mean, like we said, they didn't do anything, but Chris Tierney is the only player that's out. They lost him on waivers. Your thoughts on Florida's trade deadline? Well, I have to give them an F just because they did absolutely nothing, but it's already their fault. They gave them all of their assets last year. They have basically no cap space. And I mean, uh, they couldn't, they literally could not do anything. They were just strapped. Uh, I mean, you know, it sucks for the, the Panthers, but, you know, good for all the teams that are fighting them for that last two wild card spots there. I'm going to give them a D. I think they should have traded at least one of their, uh, like, middle, middle line forwards for something just to get some draft capital back. Um, yeah, I'm going to give them a D. I, I just think they could have done something to get draft capital and they didn't and they just stood pat, which is okay, which is what they like, you know, it's okay because of the situation they're in, which is why I didn't give them an F, but I, I just think they could have gotten something. Um, going on to your one of your teams, the LA Kings, big, big trade deadline for them. 
Vlasov Gavrikov Jonas Corposalo and Zach McEwen going to LA getting traded away is Kings legend Jonathan Quick Brendan Lemieux a 2023 first round pick that has conditionals on it a 2024 third round pick a 2024 fifth round pick and Austin Wagner along with extensions to Mikey Anderson and Phoenix Copley your thoughts on your Kings I mean, got to give them an F for trading Austin Wagner, obviously. <laughs> Losing your best player like that hurts a lot. But uh, I think that L.A. got exactly what they needed, which was defenseman and a goalie. So I'm going to give them an A- minus for that. And they really didn't give up a ton. I mean, they gave up a first-round pick this year, which obviously sucks. But uh, if uh, obviously not the greatest Western Conference this year. L.A. can go in a run, and that could be late, late 20 pick right there. Um you know, quick had to go. So you're upgrading in the goalie position. You know, you're upgrading defensively. Lemieux wasn't playing at all. I mean, I doubt McEwen's going to play a ton. And then you extend uh, Copley, who's having a great year. And then one of your best defensemen for the next eight years. So I think A minus, you know, they didn't land the big fish, which I think was Chikrin. But I mean, you can't be mad at this all if you're LA because you, you got better, which is what you need to do. Yeah, I really like what they did, honestly. I'm going to give them an A, straight up A. Um, I love the Mikey Anderson contract. I think that's such a steal for Mikey Anderson. Gavrikov and Corpusalo, they address your biggest needs, which is goaltending and uh, defense. Um, Other than that, I think they did a great job. They didn't give up too much. They got rid of Jonathan Quick, even though it was in maybe a very terrible way. They got rid of him and with without any like you know of the outside controversy he was playing really bad this season and he did play kind of bad in his Vegas debut against one of the worst teams in the NHL so I'm going to give him an A I like what they did uh during this traded line going on to Minnesota big kind of under maybe underrated uh trade deadline for Minnesota. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, John Klingberg, Oscar Sundquist, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2024 fifth-round pick, Marcus Johansson, a 2023 fifth-round pick, and a 2025 fourth-round pick, going to the land of Great Lakes. Jordan Greenway getting shipped out, along with a 2023 fourth-round pick, Andre Suster, a 2025 fourth-round pick, a 2023 fifth-round pick, and a 2024 third-round pick. Your thoughts on the Wild? Yeah, this is a strange trade deadline to me because yeah, they're they're not really like um, Minnesota. They're not like selling, you know. They're buying, but it, it just you know I feel like the return. If you look at their return, like they they got a second round pick, um, which is like for Jordan Greenway, it's just like weird. I'm not expecting to get a second, and like when you look up what they they traded away, just really is not a lot the, the best thing they gave up was honestly a third round pick this 2024 you know they got back Klingberg who's not you know the best defenseman in the world but he's in the past with Dallas has been great they got such good depth with Johansson and Sundquist and then you're gonna get Nyquist back by the playoffs just weird because like uh I feel like with Minnesota you know them being so strained against the cap and nobody's expecting them to do a ton and they really just they got a lot back including a second round pick this year so I, I think this is an A-plus right here. It's super underrated, you know, with them being, you know, uh, so restrained with the cap. Uh, I, just getting what they got is so good, and they really didn't lose anything huge. Yeah, I'm going to give them an A. Um, I like the addition of Klingberg. Obviously, he hasn't been good this season. 
But again, he's been on a really crappy Anaheim team that doesn't have any defense. John Klingberg is more of an offensive defenseman. So I think he's going to thrive in Minnesota with defensive defensemen that they have there. I love the addition of Gustav Nyquist. I think for that, what they traded to get him is amazing. Jordan Greenway getting a second round pick out of him and more. That's a good pickup or sorry, a good pickup on draft capital. So they're doing two things at once. Obviously, we know about their massive cap issues. Not only are they going for it right now, but they're also preparing for the future. I like what they did. Oscar Sundquist might be an underrated pickup. He's he's someone that if Boston added someone like him, that would be crazy to have Marshawn, Hathaway, Bertuzzi, and Sundquist all on the same team. Man, that would be... um. All you need is Tom Wilson, and then maybe you have freaking the dark horseman of the apocalypse. Marcus Johansson, I mean, the familiar face in Minnesota. I like what they did here. I'm going to give them an A. Uh, very uh, I, believe, I believe Sunquist won a cup with St. Louis back in 2019. He did. He did. Um, that was, uh, I think, two seasons after he got traded to there from Pittsburgh. Um, but like I said, A. A very underrated trade deadline for them. I'm surprised more people yeah. aren't talking about it. Montreal, not doing the big fire sale we thought they would. Dennis Giryanov, Chris Tierney, and 2024 fifth round pick going to Montreal and to the Canadians Day Montreal going away is Evgeny Dadonov. Your thoughts on Montreal? Uh, I'm going to give them a, a C because they really did nothing. I really like them getting Giryanov. I think He'll fit in well there, you know, take a, taking a flyer on a guy who still has that potential. But, you know, they have a bunch of guys that they should have traded and they didn't. For a team that's rebuilding, I, I think that they should have. But I, I do think that they'll they'll look to ex- trade these guys in the offseason. Uh, you know, guys who aren't going to be uh, expiring, maybe like Drouin or uh, like Hoffman or Josh Anderson. I think it's kind of tough to trade guys with those bigger cap hits at the deadline. I think they'll do it during the offseason. So that's why I'm not like totally upset about it because I know how hard it is to move guys with cap like that, uh, you know, at the deadline when teams are, you know, so strained with it against the cap. So uh, I don't hate them kind of standing pat and just getting Gurianov. Um, but, you know, I, I do think they should have tried to trade some of their UFAs, like uh, Ed, even like Joel Edmondson, I think could have gotten them a solid return. I don't know why they didn't deal him. So, I mean, I think a C is, is fair for them. Yeah, I'm also giving him a C. Like, not a bad pickup in Garyanov at all. I really like that addition. It could really pay off in spades for Montreal. I think that could be a really, really underrated pickup. Other than that, not really much here. I think they could have traded someone like Mike Hoffman or Joel Edmondson for something, especially because Hoffman, I believe, is only on a one-year deal. Um, so I think they could have done something else. But, again, the asset that they got is not bad at all. So I'm going to give them a C. Going on to maybe like what we said with Arizona, one of the best sellers at the uh, deadline, the Nashville Predators, Music City, getting Calfoot, Rasmus Asplund, Tyson Berry, get ready for the, the amount of picks here. A 2023 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick, a 2023 second round pick, a 2024 second round pick, another 2024 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2024 fourth round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, a 2023 fifth round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. 
how many picks was that? That's two, four, six, eight. That's ten picks. All for Tanner Janot, Mikhail Granlin, Nino Niederreiter, Matthias Ekholm, a 2024 sixth-round pick, and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Music City, man, what do you think? I have to give them an A. Obviously an A+. Plus. They are retooling perfectly. They traded away, you know, their their older guys that are on great contracts didn't retain any salary. And I mean, look how what they got back. They got guys who will help them immediately and pick that'll help them in the future. I mean, they're honestly, you know, they have a chance to make the playoffs this year. I don't know if it happens, but, you know, they're still in there. And getting guys like Foot, Barry, even Asplund, you know, that'll still help them now. And then getting all of these draft picks is just so big for them. They're going to get so many prospects. They already have some solid prospects, especially Askarov, uh, the net. And they, they didn't really give up anything, like, game-changing. I mean, Ekholm, Niederreit, and Grenland are all good players, but they're all older with kind of big cap hits, but still term left. And then Janot, you know I mean? I mean, Janot is young, but he got you a haul back. And uh, I just – I love this deadline for Nashville so much. I think they're just – they're retooling perfectly right now. And uh, I think they're making the transition from Poli to Trotz really easy. You read my mind, Tyler. Uh, Smashville's getting an A+. I mean, the fact that they got 10 draft picks just in a single deadline for not trading anyone, like, super special – is crazy um and like you said they can still compete i mean tyson berry that's going to be a great addition to their defense i know he's not the best defensive player but i mean like we said nashville has a lot of good defensemen the only trade i really did not like is the niederreiter trade i think they could have gotten maybe a little bit more out of him but still just that Jano trade alone should give him a a plus because that was crazy and I mean, David Poyle uh, really uh, setting up uh, Barry Trotz well for the future. And I like the Calfoot uh, addition. I know that might be a sneaky pick uh, pickup right there. He could develop into a good middle uh, pairing for a uh, defensive forward or sorry, defensive pairing <laughs> um, defenseman. And then also getting extensions. I forgot about this, but are Dante Fabro and Kevin Lincoln and Fabro, I, I thought they were going to deal him. Really good cap hit on Favreau, and they could deal him next uh, trade deadline or offseason or whenever they want to do it. I think that's a good deal. New Jersey, uh, this is going to hurt. Um, Timo Meyer, <laughs> um, getting traded to the Devils, one of the biggest splashes in recent history. Curtis Lazar in 2024, fifth round pick, also going to the Devils. Getting traded out is Andreas Janssen, Fabian Zetterland, Shakir Mukamadoulin, Nikita Akachuk, a 2023 first-round pick that's con- that has conditions on it, a 2024 second-round pick that has conditions on it, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick. Your thoughts on now one of the best offenses in the league, possibly? I mean, you got to give them an, an A. They're just getting Timo Meyer, you know, the, the big fish, the trade deadline, you know, probably the biggest name there. Uh, and they just not giving up uh, a huge haul to get him. That is just uh, deserve them an A alone. I mean, um, Lazar, I, I liked Lazar when he was with uh, a Buffalo. I thought he was good there. Um, I thought he was good in Boston. I think he, his, he, fell, he fell off a little bit in Vancouver this year, but that's just because it's Vancouver. Vancouver. <laughs> but, I mean, I think he'll be a sol- solid uh, fit in there. And uh, 
just just not giving up any of their roster players right now is just so big. You know, Mercer has been so good there, uh, and just you know, just not changing any of the chemistry in that lineup. I think that's the most important thing that they did. So great, great deadline for for Jersey. Looking at I'm gonna give them an A minus. That Timo Meyer trade man is incredible. The fact that they didn't give up Dawson Mercer or Alex Holtz. That's great. That's great for them. That's so great. Um, it's painful, but it's so great for them. Um, I mean, Meyer has already scored in his first game with the doubles because, of course, he has. Um, so this is painful to say as a Sharks fan, but A minus. Love that deal for Timo Meyer. Um, Curtis Lazar, as you mentioned, good death forward. Yeah, this hurts. <laughs> um, A minus. Um, the New York Islanders, it's your team. Thank God we're off the team of my talks. Um, the New York Islanders, it's your team. Bo Horvat, Pierre Engvall, one of the biggest splashes with the Horvat trade. They also extended Horvat. Um, going out of the island, the island is Anthony Beauvillier at Turati, a 2023 first round pick that has conditions on it, and 2024 third round pick. Your thoughts on the island? Uh, I'm I'm going with an A, just because um, at the time um, before we got Horvat, uh, we we're kind of in a place a losing streak. Um, the playoffs were looking a little bit dim. And then, you know, Lou made that splash. And I think that kind of just changed everything around after that. Um, been been winning games. And just with all the injuries going on, Horvat has easily been our best player. And, uh, you know, you watch him. I, I watch him uh, every game he's played on the Islanders. Just all the little things he does. Penalty kills. You know, he's been great for us on the power play. I mean, he just he just does everything. Wins almost every single faceoff. It's crazy. Um, just him and Kobotaj are the two guys that I just see they just always win the faceoffs. Um, I, I love him, love what he's done so far. And I, I mean, I don't know, I know people realize that we've been dealing with injuries, but we've lost Wallstrom first line wingers out for the he's out for the whole season. Barzell's been out for a few weeks now and still out. Peugeot has been out for a while. So that's three key guys, and Horvath stepped up so much. And I think that the team has really just stepped up without those guys. Uh, and Engvall, uh, I, I like this. I thought he looked good in his first game. I was there on uh, Saturday. I really liked him. And uh, the one thing I, I think is a little rough giving up is that first-round pick because, you know, there's a chance that it's like 13-14th. And now it goes to Detroit. But, uh, I mean, it's still tough to give up a, a, a potential lottery pick if that's a good draft. But Bovillier was not working out here. I mean, Ratu, we have now five centers locked up long-term. So he was kind of – you know, down there in the, on the death chart. So, I mean, uh, a little bit of bias, but I love this so much. And only a third for Engvall. I, I don't think that's a ton to give up for a guy like that. But uh, so I'll, I'll give it an A. I still think maybe we should have looked into uh, trading for depth defenseman or looking to sell Scott Mayfield. But I'm not getting mad about it at all. I love what he got. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B plus. Um I love that Horvat trade for them. I think that's going to be one of the best trades of the trade deadline, especially because Vancouver was so stupid, but we'll get to them. Um, Horvat's been really excellent for the Islanders, as you mentioned. Pierre Engvall is a good uh, depth forward uh, that I'm sure they're happy to have. The only thing I, I'm like iffy about is, like you said, I wish they acquired a depth defenseman. I wish they kind of sold off some uh, – 
players that are expiring because uh i mean the chances of them making the playoffs here are slim the math is against them it still could happen we could still see island magic um but yeah yeah i mean i like it for the islanders i like horvat on the aisle um and i mean you're on the island so i think the islanders did a good job with uh adding to the island that you're on um so like i said b plus i have to make as many island jokes as possible new york rangers trying to one-up the new jersey devils uh they have one of the most stacked offense uh top six forward groups in the league patrick kane mr showtime heading to broadway vladimir tarasenko and tyler mott along with a 2026 seventh round pick going the other way, Julian Gauthier, Vitaly Kratsov, Sammy Blay, a 2023 first-round pick that has conditions on it, a 2023 second-round pick that has conditions on it, a 2024 third-round pick that has conditions on it, a 2025 third-round pick that has conditions on it, a 2025 fourth-round pick that that's just by itself, 2026 seventh-round pick, and 2023 seventh-round pick that has conditions on it. Your thoughts on the Rangers? Uh, I think we, we got to give him an A just because getting Tarasenko and Kane is just, you know, huge. But, mm. um, and, you know, not giving up really any roster players. I mean, crossed off Blaine Gauthier were not good. And, you know, um, you, if you're a contender, you got to give up those top picks, which you're not really that upset about. But I, I don't know. Just Kane's first few games as a Ranger, just, I don't know. I, I think things will work out, you know, down the road. But just the chemistry just really is not there. He has not been great. Um, I mean, I, I still think they'll be a good team. But I, I just I think that if you have so many flashy guys up there in the top six, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the best. So you obviously have great players up there, but we I, I just want to see how it works out because I mean right now it seems like it's not the best, but obviously you you have guys like Kane getting Kane and Tarasenko, you gotta give him an A for that. I'm gonna give him a B actually. Um I love the Kane trade. I think that's such a smart addition, especially because they didn't give up that much. Like you said, he hasn't been great in his first couple of games, but again, you got to acknowledge that he's played so long in Chicago. He knows their system so well. So it's kind of weird to go to a new team for the first time in your career in your late thirties and then try to learn everything. I like the Tarasenko trade a lot. And then we get to like the questionable things, the Kratzoff trade could have worked out better for them. The fact that they only got a AHL player in a seventh round pick for him just shows they're not great at growing prospects at all. And the Tyler Mott deal, um, they could have gotten him for free by re-signing him. And he's not that big of a cap hit either, but they gave up assets for him. And I think Julian Gauthier could be a good player in Ottawa. So I'm going to give him a B. I still like their top six now. I really like their top six. And when Kane starts producing, I think it's going to be smart for them. Moving on to the capital city in Canada, Ottawa. For the first time in a long time, probably since 2017, they have added uh, Jacob Chikorin going to the Senators, finally ending the 50,000 rumors per day about Chikorin. Julian Gauthier in a 2023 seventh round pick that has conditions on it also going that way. Shipped out of Ottawa, Tyler Mott and Nikita Zaitsev, a, a 2023 first-round pick, conditions on that. 2024 second-round pick, conditions on that. A 2023 second-round pick, a 2026 second-round pick, a 2026 fourth-round pick, and a 2023 sixth-round pick. Your thoughts on the sentence? 
Um, I like them getting Chikrin, but that's kind of it. I feel like they're close to a playoff spot, but they shouldn't really be uh, buyers all of a sudden. I feel like that's what they did. I mean, they had to pounce on Chikrin when they had the chance at that price. So I'll give them a B for that. But, I mean, they gave up uh, three seconds and a first. I feel like that's a lot for a, a team that's, you know, not ready to contend and go deep in the playoffs already. But, I mean, obviously getting a guy like Chikrin doesn't hurt at all. Gautier is nothing special. And getting rid of that sidestep side contract is, is big. So, you know, a B for getting uh, Chikrin. But I, I still think that they they uh, gave up uh, a decent amount for a team that's not ready to fully contend yet. I'm going to give them a B minus. I love that chicken trade. At the same time, I think they gave up so many second round picks uh, and they're, they're on a tear recently. They could potentially make the playoffs, but what, what are they in the playoffs? Honestly, I think they're still, I think next season is the season that you contend. I, again, I love that chicken trade. I think that Gauthier trade could be underrated. The Zeitz of trade though was kind of rough for them. And the fact that they gave up so many second round assets is kind of concerning and confusing. So B minus. Oh boy. This next one. What a mess. The Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, let me ask you a question before I get into this. Who is the bigger mess right now, Vancouver or Philadelphia? Ooh, I'm going to, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to have to say uh, Vancouver, but that's just because I, Philly didn't have the whole like coaching thing like you know Vancouver had the whole thing with Boudreaux I just think that they're just a total mess right now Uh, I think Philly is a mess but I think things are like stable there uh stable enough where you know I think you could attract free agents and uh also it's it's Philly I mean I obviously some people are attracted to be playing in Philly I, I wouldn't be but uh, I mean, it's still, I still, I think it's a bigger market than Vancouver. So I think Philly's just in a better spot right now. So I'm, yeah. I gotta go to Vancouver with that. No offense to either of the fans, by the way. But yeah. uh, Brendan Lemieux coming in along with a 2024 fifth round pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. Zach McEwen is the only one that gets traded. Your thoughts on Philly? I have to give him a D just because they, they didn't do anything. You know, they could have gotten something for JVR, but. Uh, Detroit pulled out of that one. Um, they could have gotten something for a few of their UFAs, even like Justin Braun. I know he's UFA. They got something for him last year. Um, there's a few guys. I know they were looking Kevin Hayes. I understand not trading him. Um, but uh, I think that even even guys that uh, they uh, they did trade, uh, I believe they trade Patrick Brown also to the Senators. Yes. So, I mean, they got rid of a few of their pending UFAs, but uh, I think they should have done so much more. Uh, there's To me, they're they're in like the spot where their GM thinks that, you know, they're good enough to compete and, you know, their coach, they have a good coach who is not going to lose games for them, but they their roster just is not good enough to win games. Um, so I got to give them a D. I think Lemieux fits Philly good just with that fighter grinding mentality. They got a lot of guys with like Deloria, like that. We're still lining, but uh, I don't like what Philly did. I'm gonna give him an F, a solid F, because this is no. 
This is a big L. The fact that they didn't get JV Ardell or Justin Braun or any sort of high, like they got basically two low draft picks. This is a team that needs to rebuild. They need to change the core up. I'm tired of what is Philly doing? Like, I'm not even a Philly fan. I hate Philly. And I feel so bad for your fans because what the hell are they doing? What is Chuck Fletcher doing? Like, you need to get assets. You need to change up this core. This core has been together basically for since 2010, around that time. You finally shipped off Giroux last season. Good job. Get everything else done. Time to clean house. Time to admit it's time to rebuild. I know that's hard for Philly fans, but it's time. You're not going to win anything. I'm sure uh, now that I said that, they're going to go and win win crap, and they're going to come and clip out this clip of me. But, you know, I, I don't like their trade deadline here. I'm going to give them an F. Uh, going on to their Pennsylvania native, the Pittsburgh Penguins. 2016-2017 uh, Stanley Cup champion Nick Benino going back to the Pens with Dmitry Kulikov, Mikhail Granlin, and a 2023 third-round pick. Being traded is Kasperi Kapanen, Brock McGinn, Teddy Bluger, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, a 2024 fifth-round pick with conditions on it, and a 2023 seventh-round pick. Your thoughts on the Pens? Uh, I'm going to give them a C. I did not like their deadline at all. I thought, they, you know, they were clearing our cap, got rid of Kapanen, um, put him on waivers, got rid of Blue. Right? We all thought that was to make a, a splash at a big name. Um, and then that big name happened to be Mikhail Granlund, I, which I think is an awful trade for them. I just, I think they did the opposite of what they needed to do, uh, which is get older. I really think that they should have looked to get younger and do what Washington is doing right now. So uh, I don't like what they did at all. Uh, so I'd give him a C. I mean, obviously they got good players back. I just, I just don't think that it's they did what they needed to do. So let's see. I'm gonna give him a C minus. I like the Nick Benito trade, but that's where the positives pretty much end. Um, they clear out, like you said, Captain McGinn's big cap hits. Probably should have obtained a younger forward or someone young, um, but. They didn't, and they got Grandland, who, again, um, doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like this. And the fact that they were probably going to try to trade for JT Miller just makes everything even worse. I'm giving them a solid C-. Like, that's not – I don't know what Ron Hextall is doing. All right, for this next uh, – this next uh, – uh team i gotta change my background here we go big money mike you know um doing some some work <laughs> um going to santa the san jose sharks fabian zetterlin martin cow jacob mcdonald andreas johnson shakir mukamadulin nikita okchuk Henry Thrun, a 2023 first-round pick with conditions on it, a 2024 second-round pick with conditions on it, a 2023 fourth-round pick with conditions on it, a 2024 fifth-round pick with conditions on it, and a 2023 seventh-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick. Um, going the other way, Timo Meyer, <laughs> Matt Nieto, Ryan Merkley, Jasper Weberby, Nick Benino, Mikey Isomont, 
Vlasilov Nemeskov, who had a nice 48 hours in San Jose, Jacob Magna, Scott Harrington, a 2024 third-round pick, a 2024 fifth-round pick, and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Your thoughts on the San Jose Sharks? Um, I'll give them a B-plus because for a rebuilding team, you know, they, they did good getting rid of uh, their UFAs, like, uh, and, you know, not really giving up a ton of, uh, like, low picks. The worst thing they gave up was a, a third, and obviously roster player was Meyer. But other than that, none of these guys they gave up were really anything huge. And, you know, they got back <laughs> they got back their uh, prospects that they no, – it's hard because, you know, I feel like they should have gotten more for Meyer. The prospects they got back weren't huge, but, I mean, they got back a first, a second. So – like, you can't be mad about a rebuilding team getting some prospects and obviously first and second round picks, but I do think that they could have gotten more. I'll let you, the Shark, you're a Sharks fan, so I'll let you say how you feel about everything. Um, It's tough, man, because this is really the first trade deadline where they've traded away, like, big roster players for the first time in, like, since maybe they traded Owen Nolan. And maybe Nabokov, but Nabokov was reaching his uh his grandpa years. Um man. You you guys already know my thoughts on the Timo Meyer deal. I think it's iffy at best. I like Zetterland. I don't know what Mukamadulin and Akchuk will be. I like how we got a first round pick, but again, for one of your best players in franchise history, probably. Ah, that's a that's a big reach. I really like how the uh, Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley trade is shipping is uh, shaping out to be. Um, Martin Cout has been amazing for the Barracuda and the Sharks. Jacob McDonald even has a goal because who would have thought? Um, I really like the Nick Benino deal. Um, I think they that uh, I mean their little side deal with Montreal for that was iffy, but I mean the assets they got back for Nick Benino who is reaching the end of his career is pretty good. Um, I really like the Vladislav Nemestikov trade. I thought at first it was very confusing because I really did like Mikey Icemont. The fact that they turned a waiver wire into a fourth-round pick, though, I thought was smart. I thought they were going to get less from Nemestikov. I honestly didn't think Nemestikov was worth that much. Jake Magna trade, I mean, that's kind of hard to swallow, but, um, I mean, it's not bad. And I really, 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 I think this could be a great trade for the Sharks. Getting Henry Thrun, the NCAA prospect from Anaheim. He's looking really good. I like what I've read about him just for a third-round pick. I think that's a good, solid addition. It's just that Timo Meyer trade, man, keeping me from putting them closer to an A. I'm going to give him a B, I'm really close to giving him a B minus. I, I'm still iffy, like I said about that Timo Meyer trade, but the Henry Thrun and then the Mescop trade really, really have shaped well. I think for the Sharks, so I'm gonna stick with a B. I again, I, I think they could have done more of Meyer, but some of the other trades that they've done really outshadows that. Going on to a team, didn't really do much here, Tyler. The Seattle Kraken. They got Jacob Magna, 2023 fourth round pick going the other way. Your quick thoughts on the Kraken. 
Um, I'm going to give them a D just because they didn't really do anything, but I don't know what they would have done. I feel like their name wasn't really in there with any of the, you know, the guys when it came um, to the trade deadline. I, I don't really know what they would have done. They don't have a bad team, but they don't really have that. To me, they don't have that good of a team. I think they're good enough to win a round or two, but I don't see them going all the way. I think, you know, their goaltending is a question mark, but you couldn't really have done anything there. They kind of have to just stick with Jones and Grubauer and maybe Trigger for the rest of the year. I mean, Magnus, not bad. I mean, he's a solid depth defenseman, but um, I don't really know what they, they would have done because uh, I don't think that Francis necessarily wants to, you know, move a lot of their, their picks. But um, I, and I think that they have a solid team where they could be contenders for, for – uh, the next few years, but uh, I think they're in a kind of confusing position because, you know, they're, they're a solid team, but a lot of their, their guys are like uh, veterans getting on the older side, like Everlay, Gord, Jane Schwartz, uh, Adam Larson. Uh, so you still have those young guys like Beneers and McCann is still relatively young. And uh, you're going to have Shane Wright coming over. So I just, I just think they're a kind of confusing team because, you know, they're still good, but, uh, like when you have like your your veteran guys who are playing good for you now getting older, are you going to be able to you know sustain this success for the next like four or five years, or are they going to be good now and in like the next year or two and then kind of fall off a little bit? So maybe they should have looked to get some younger guys who can develop chemistry now and be there in the future, kind of like what St. Louis did. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm going to give them a. D plus. I like the addition of Magna. I think that's a smart addition, but I think they should have added a death forward or something. Um, but then again, it's tough because you don't want to screw more with your cap space, especially with the amount of money they're paying goaltenders right now. Um, I liked how they didn't screw with their cap space, but at the same time, I think they could have done more. So uh, I think a D plus fits them best. St. Louis doing a nice little retool on the fly. Jakub Verona, Casper Captain, and Sammy Blaze, Zach Dean, Mikhail Abramov, Adam Gadet, 2023 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick that has conditions on it, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick, conditions on it, and a 2023 third round pick. Uh, they also extend Sammy Blay. Traded is Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ivan Barbashev, Nico Mikola, and 2025 seventh round pick. I mean, the Blues now have thir- uh, three first-round picks this season. Your thoughts on the Blues? Yeah, I, I really like what St. Louis did. I think it's perfectly for what they needed to do. Um, they didn't need to go into a total rebuild because they still have some really good players there that are signed long-term, like uh, Perico and um, Kairou, Robert Thomas. But, you know, uh, it sucks moving out. You know, your veterans have been there for a long time, like Tarasenko and uh, O'Reilly, you know, former captain of theirs who won the consmite in the cup uh, even barbershev was there for a, a while but I, I think that they they got guys who you know have been solid in the past like captain and verona even blay for them but you know didn't really find a home anywhere else so i think that maybe a reset for those guys could be really good and st louis could get some solid players and just getting having three first round picks in this upcoming draft is just so big and they also have got um a second and two thirds so uh, I think that the guys that they got along with who they have and just the prospects that they're going to pick up, it's just they just re- they're retooling perfectly. And I could see them being back to a contender in a year or two. Yeah, I really like um, 
this trade for the Blues. Obviously, like they're picking up expensive, like maybe cap heavy forwards, but they've also traded out some assets um, for good assets. I mean, I like Verona. That could be a really, really good trade for them. I like Zach Dean. That could also be a great trade for them. If you on the Tarasenko trade, but first round pick, I mean, you can't argue. And now that they have three first round picks, that's impressive for them. I like what they did. I'm giving them a B plus. Um, like I said, three first round picks this year. That's that's worth something. The Tampa Bay Lightning had one of the in- most interesting, maybe most talked about uh, trade deadlines. Tanner Janot, Rudolph Balschers, and Mikey Isomont going to the Lightning. Vlaslav Nemeskov, Cal Foot. And get ready for this. A 2025 first round pick, a 2024 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick going out the door of the Lightning's office. Your thoughts on Tampa Bay? Um, I'm going to give them a, a C because uh, the Deneau trade was bad. But, I mean, it's it's Tampa. Like I've said before, they have a way of turning these guys into just production machines um but you know they give gave up so much for him i really like them getting smo and i think he fits in well with uh tampa but just them how much they gave up for Geno uh just moves them down and i feel like they should have done more i'm not a huge fan of their defense right now i think they're lacking depth there it's not the greatest in the world i think they should have looked to make a move to shore up their the, the back of that blue line but um it, it's still Tampa. As much as they're struggling right now, I don't think you can ever count them out, especially when it gets to playoff times, especially if they're going to face the Leafs again in the first round. Uh, I just think they match up well against Toronto. Um, and I, I just uh, – I don't hate the trade just because I, I think um, Tampa's not really worried about their draft picks and that they know they could turn these guys who are like, you know uh, – not the, the greatest right now into, you know, just production 20 gold machines like that they've done in the past. So I'll give them a C, but uh, I, it's not the end of the world for Tampa, giving up as much as they did. I'm going to give them a C minus. Um, I love the Isomont trade for them. I think Mikey Isomont will be really good forward for them. The Juno trade is really hefty. I mean, that's what drives it all home. I would have given them an F if they were any other team, but Tampa is known to do this. They've won two Stanley Cups in the past three years. They've been to the past three Stanley Cup finals, but they've been on a slide recently ever since the trade deadline. Um, So that's why I'm giving them a C minus. Again, if it was anyone else, I would have given them an F, but it's Tampa, like you said, Champa Bay. Um, They've been known to do this. Brendan Hangel, Nick Paul, Barkley Goodrow, Blake Holman. Same story here. Toronto having their biggest trade deadline in recent memories. Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Jury, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, Luke Shen, Eric Gustin, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, a 2024 fifth-round pick with conditions on it, and 2025 fifth-round pick with conditions on it going to Toronto, a.k.a. Hockey City, capital of the hockey world. Connor Timmons also receiving an extension. Uh, traded is Rasmus Sandin, Pierre Engvall, Adam Gaudet, Dryden Hunt, 2025 first-round pick with conditions on it, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 second-round pick, 2026 second-round pick, 2023 third-round pick, another 2023 third-round pick, and 2025 uh, fourth-round pick. Your thoughts on this big trade deadline for the Maple Leafs? Um, I'm going to give them an A 
because I think what they did was was really good. But um, I, I still don't know what they're going to do with all their defensemen because they didn't trade, like, any of them. So they still have, like, nine NHL-caliber defensemen just sitting there on their roster. So I'm curious to see what they do come playoff time. But obviously, um, they did what they had to do. They got depth everywhere, defensive depth, forward depth, you know, that that's always been their their biggest problem. Their you know their biggest flaw has been like a lack of uh, defensive depth, a lack of I guess toughness on their blue line and you know uh, on their like third and fourth line. I think they got what they they needed, but um, I th- I just think that this like rotating uh, carousel of defensemen like on their bottom pair isn't really going to work. You know they constantly the last few games have had like Gustafson. Um, Lilligren, Justin Holt is like shuffling there. I don't think that'll work at all in the playoffs. So um, I, I don't think that they're going to stick with that. I think uh, that they, they eventually find their six guys that they're, they'll row with in the playoffs. But if they do kind of go with that carousel and just keep kind of bringing guys in and out, I, I think that'll be their downfall because it's, it's hard to win when you're just constantly shuffling around lines like that. I like that Sandine trade a lot for them. I think that could be one of the biggest steals getting Gustafson and a first round pick that's just great asset management though Riley trade is great I mean Jake McCabe trade is great but like you said that's a lot of defensemen that they now have uh that's a lot of good defensemen though I think uh Shen Gustafson and McCabe uh, are all great they didn't give up as much as maybe they could have which is great and the fact that they also got these good depth boards and Sam Lafferty and Noel Chari, I think that's just great for them. Um, those are good depth boards that are great two-way players, and especially Lafferty, who is really good on special teams. Excuse me. I'm going to give them an A. Um, I like what they did here. They didn't even have to give up that much. Going on to one of the more uh, fun teams in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks. Bill Peronik, Vitaly Kratsov, Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratty, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2023 third-round pick, along with a 2024 fourth-round pick going to Vancouver. Um, Andre Kuzmenko also getting an extension. Going out of Vancouver is that 2023 first-round pick, along with Bo Horvat, Luke Shen, Curtis Lazar, Lane Peterson, a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2026 seventh-round pick. Your thoughts on Vancouver? It's tough because um, they were doing so well, I thought, before that Heronic trade. Honestly, before the Heronic trade, I would have given them a B-plus just because they got some solid players. Uh, The Kroftov trade was great, but just they got a first-round pick that has the potential to be, like, 13th overall, and they get to keep that pick. And they just flipped it for a guy who does not fit their timeline at all. Heronic is not – he's not a young guy, you know, who you – you know – who has the potential and you could develop him. He's a guy who's already developed. You know, you have it in him. He's like 25, 26. And uh, he, he's just really nothing special. Definitely not worth trading that first round pick for. Um, I think uh, they'll get a, a C plus because I think if they waited later with Horvath, they could have gotten more for him. I think Horvath kind of being the first trade of the season, um, you know, they, they didn't really get, uh, a ton for him. I do think they could have gotten him more, but I mean, Bovillier's fit in nice there so far. Uh, Ratu's a, a you know good prospect too. Will be good for them there. Krofstov, obviously, got a lot of talent who they didn't give up really anything for. So, uh, uh, 
I like what they did up to Heronic, but I think that Heronic trade just made no sense for them at all. It's just a, a dumb move. So I got to give him a C plus. I also really like the Chris Benko extension. I think he's really good, really underrated. Quietly going to have a 35 goal season his, his first year in the NHL. So I really like them locking him up there. I'm going to um... – well, actually, before I give him a grade, I like the Kratzoff trade a lot for them. The uh, Horvat trade was so-so. Uh, it's just that Horonic trade is just rough. I'm going to give him a D plus. That Horonic trade alone, just like, what are you doing, Vancouver? What are you doing? Uh, I like the Kuzmeko extension. Good player, good youth player. That's the type of player that they need. And the fact that they didn't trade Brock Besser yet is also really upsetting, but I'm going to give him a D plus. Again, that Corona trade is just awful. Like, you need first-round picks, and the fact that you're trading them away now for someone, yeah, it's a good defenseman, but you're giving away a first-round pick and a second-round pick in a deep draft. Like, that's a D plus. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, getting Ivan Barbashev, Jonathan Quick, Teddy Bluger, Dyson Mayo, Trading away Zach Dean, Shea Weber, Michael Hutchinson, a 2024 third round pick, a 2023 fifth round pick, and a 2025 seventh round pick. Uh, Vegas, once again, trading away in their first rounder of theirs, continuing the tradition. Your thoughts on the Golden Knights? Uh, I like what uh, Vegas did, actually. Uh, besides the quick trade, I think Barbashev and Bluger are going to help them out a lot. Uh, Barbashev has been really good there since he, he got there. I think he's fit in nice. I really don't like the, the quick trade. I've said it before. I think they were better off just sticking with uh, Hill and Brossois. Um, quick in his first game in Ned, Vegas left a really bad goal, almost blew a four to one lead. It's lucky Vegas has a, a solid team there to help them out. But uh, uh, I, I, I like what they did besides quick. Mayo is just going to, he'll fit nice with Henderson. I doubt he sees any time in the NHL unless Vegas really has injuries on their blue line. But I also didn't think that they gave up uh, a lot. They obviously didn't have a ton of assets. I mean, Dean, former first-round pick, is something. But Weber wasn't playing for them. Hodgson is AHL goalie. And then the third, fifth, and seventh really isn't anything huge. So I think that value-wise, they just they did a really good job on that. And... Um, I'm going to give them a B. I, I like the barbership trade a lot. I think that was equal for both sides. I like the Teddy Bluger trade. I think that could be an underrated trade. Um, yeah, Jonathan Quick trade, man. I don't know about that one. I just don't think you give up assets to get Jonathan Quick in nowadays because he's not good anymore. So I'm going to give him a B, but I mean, what trade deadline wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be a Vegas trade deadline without them giving up a mid-2010s superstar or a LA King? So here we go again. <laughs> Uh, Washington did a lot of business. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, Craig Smith, a 2023 first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, a 2024 third round pick, and another 2024 third round pick going to the nation's capital. Traded away Lars Eller, Marcus Johansson, Eric Gustafson, Garnet Hathaway, Dmitry Orlovin, 2023 first round pick. They also extended quite a bit of players. Nick Abe-Kubel, Nick Jensen, Dylan Strom, and Sony Milano all receiving extensions. Your thoughts? on the Capitals pretty much gutting their the remainders of their 2018 Stanley Cup uh, team. Yeah, I think Washington is doing exactly what they need to do and the opposite of Pittsburgh, which is just 
getting younger because you still you still want to contend while you have Ovi, Backstrom, Oshi, but you know they are getting on the older side. So I think they did perfectly what they need to do, which was get younger. They traded away a lot of their older veteran guys. They got Santine back, who's super young. I mean, Craig Smith probably won't be there for a while, but you know they got a first, a second, and two thirds, which is perfect for them. Uh, I really like their deadline. I'll give them a B because <laughs> you know they didn't do any, they didn't do anything crazy, um, but they they did what they needed to do. So I agree with you. I think a B. B minus maybe is good. I like what they're doing, which is the opposite of Pittsburgh. Like you said, they need to get younger and that's exactly what they're doing. I like the extensions that they handed out. The only issue I have is that uh, Rasmus Sandin trade. I think they gave up way too much for Rasmus Sandin. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't like that Sandin trade at all for them, but everything else that they've done this trade deadline has been great. I'm going to give them a B, actually. Stick with a B. Finally, the Winnipeg Jets, the last team, the uh, former Atlanta Thrashers that, I mean, Atlanta could be getting in their team. Please become the Thrashers again. But that's beyond the point. Let's talk about the Jets. Nino Niederreiter and Vlasov Nemestikov going to Winnipeg, a 2024 second and a 2025 fourth going out the door. Your thoughts on the Jets? Um, uh, I like what they did. I think it's hard because it's hard to get players to come to Winnipeg, especially guys with uh, no trade clauses, no movement clauses. Um, so I, I think they did good for for what they can do. Nina Ryder is is very solid second line guy. Um, Nemestikov uh, is okay, okay depth, and I think only giving up a, a second and a fourth isn't the end of the world for them. A team that's that's solid right now, especially a uh, weak Western Conference. If they get hot a hot hella buck going into the playoffs, they could ride him for a while because they do have a good offense there with Connor Shifley, Dubois, uh, Wheeler. I think Niederreiter really helps them out a lot uh, up in their top six. So I, I really like what Winnipeg did. I'm going to give them a, a B just because it's nothing crazy, but you also have to look at it from their perspective. It's it's hard for them to get to get players. So I, I think they did really good for, for what they could. And uh, I think that especially with Hellebuck, I think that's a, a team to watch out for in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give them a B plus, actually. I like that Niederreiter trade a lot for them. They didn't give up any assets uh, really to get him. The, the Mestkov trade wasn't bad. I think they could have maybe traded a lower pick for him. I don't think he's as good as a fourth-round pick. But uh, still, I like that trade for them. Um, I'm going to give him a B plus. And that brings it to the end of the list. Now, before we extend this podcast any further, probably we're probably like pretty far along now. So we went through all 32 teams. I do want to ask you, Tyler, as my final questions to you. First one, who is your biggest winner this trade deadline? That one's that one's tough. I, I might might have to go with Toronto as much as it sucks to say on this one. Um, just because uh, I think that they, they've done the, the best out of anybody just on a value side. I don't think that they overpaid for anybody. I think all of the trades they made were good and helped the team out. And 
I think that this is what they needed to do to push themselves over the top. So I, I think I'm going to go with Toronto. I did like Toronto's uh, trade deadline a lot. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Boston simply because like they are uh, adding Bertuzzi and halfway to Marchant. That's great. Um, I like what they did there. I really like what the, uh, the uh, Bruins did adding more physicality to an already gritty and physical team. But actually for my nomination, I'm going to go Nashville. I really like the uh, retool they did on the fly. So many picks, 10 picks going their way along with Tyson Berry, Cal Flit. I really like what Nashville did. I think that's smart by them. I think uh, David Poyle, his last trade deadline, I think he did a fantastic job. Now let me ask you my final question. Who do you think is the biggest loser of the trade deadline? Uh, if we look at this in terms of teams that could actually do stuff, yeah, uh, I think that it's it's got to be the Flyers because you know teams like like Florida they didn't really have an opportunity to do anything. That's why they didn't do anything. But the Flyers did have the opportunity, and they just kind of sat out and just waited around. So uh, I think the Flyers did a, a really bad job. Yeah, I was going to go with the Flyers too, but I'm also going to shout out the Canucks trading Phil Peronic for a first round and a second rounder. I don't like that at all for them. Um, I also, uh, man, besides the Kratzoff trade for them, I think their trades were either so-so or really bad. So I'm going to shout them out. Um I'm also going to shout out Calgary. I think Calgary should be retooling at this point. I'm going to actually put Calgary ahead of Vancouver for me. I'm going to put Calgary as my biggest loser because Calgary should be retooling. I don't know why they're not retooling. The fact that they're giving up more youthful assets is dumb, and I think they should be retooling at this point, especially because they are not going to make the playoffs. So, uh, Tyler, before I start closing this out, do you have anything else to add? Um. Do you want to talk about the uh, the recent rumors that have been floating around Twitter about Atlanta and uh, Houston potentially getting teams? I was going to do that in the next podcast, but we can quickly talk about it because I know it's uh, this podcast is going to be very long. Yeah, I mean, uh, just quickly, we there's been rumors. I mean, Kevin Weeks has tweeted about it. John Bucci Gross about potentially the Thrashers coming back and Houston getting uh, an NHL franchise. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think it happens eventually. I don't know about so soon, but I, I think we could go super in-depth in, into uh, to looking at at all of this next week. Um, yeah, we'll look at it more in-depth next week because we won't have as much to talk about, but I've always liked the Thrashers. I'll leave it at yeah. that. And I, I don't know. I've never liked the city of Houston, but it's cool that they could possibly gain the arrows back. But I've always liked the Thrashers. Go Blue Land. But anyway, that's going to pretty much do it for our very long podcast, our trade deadline recap podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. It took a lot of work, uh, obviously, getting the list all together. And then also, obviously, Tyler's in New York. So it took a lot to get him out from this busy day. Um, so. Follow me on Twitter, Chase Beardsley underscore. Follow Tyler at what's your Twitter, Tyler? TylerCast underscore. There it is. There it is. Go follow the New York legend, the man on the island. 
thank you guys for watching um pretty long podcast and we will see you uh next monday um have a great one guys